What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Drink, if you have them. Are we touching? No. It's like all my cash. All my tips. These are tips that come out of old ladies' bras. No context. No context. Perfect. It's perfect. We leave it. Don't edit it. Don't edit that. Don't edit that. Five seconds. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the hook that brings you in, right? Here. <laughs> Did you call that a hooker? To be the soundbite. Get everyone to listen. <laughs> All right. It is Monday. Again. All right. Welcome to VFF. For those of you that are first time here, this is. Verum fabula or verum fabula if you're Latin. Um, not if you're Latin, I guess the Latin is a different context, that's not for me. Verum fabula fellowship, where we wrestle with questions, we bring our vices and personal heresies, and we just wrestle things out, come to better questions, hopefully not come to specific dogmatic answers, but kind of get the compass to point in the right direction so we can follow the right path. Right now we're reading The Great Divorce and we got through the preliminary openings to it. We talked last time about uh, eternal punishment, inclusivism, exclusivism, annihilationism, and universalism to, to have some understandings of where Lewis is pulling from what we're actually talking about, heaven and hell issues. Um, to reiterate, there is no orthodoxy in Christianity about what heaven actually is. There's no orthodoxy in Christianity what hell actually is. So, we get to have fun and wrestle with it, and we get to be wrong a lot, I guess you could say. You know? So, this week I thought we'd get into the conversations. This week and next week we'll, we'll pick out our favorite conversations and go through them. Um, I thought we might actually read some lengthy excerpts this time instead of just, just glossing over it. Oh, like the old days. Like the old days. Um, as, as I was listening to the book today, uh, as I was working, just hearing in succession the sequential points he's making is extremely powerful as opposed to just sketching it out. So... Um, did everyone get through the conversations that he has with the uh, the ghosts and the uh, and the solid people? Do you right. know exactly what where that is? Like what chapter? Does anybody know? Like, I think it starts in? starts in chapter uh, eight. Starting chapter three or let's see, Cliff. No, I would say four. Yeah, I think four. Okay. They're still on the bus in three. Okay. Oh, four is when they, they get out and they're looking around and uh, the solid people approach. Yeah, the solid people are approaching. So we didn't get the solid people approaching last time, did we? 
Okay. Um, in the preface, Lewis talks about the solid people. And we talked about this last time. We see through a glass darkly or dimly, right? And we, if you read any of Lewis, you come to find out this is the Shadowlands, right? It's not that the glass is dark. It's that our eyes are not fully developed to see. As in Lewis's tale, we have faces. Why would a God worry about what we have to say? We babble about what things that we think we mean. How can we see him until we have faces to him? Right? We don't have faces yet. We, we're not fully human yet. We're not fully able to, uh, to walk in that kingdom yet. Translucent, translucent man-shaped stains, right? All right, so what conversations hit you? What things did you pull out of this that you're, that you're, you're excited about? There's some things that I'm extremely excited to get to and, and to break down. But I want to know what you guys want what you guys want to talk about, what you guys want to wrestle with. What are the things that you're like, this is this was impactful to me, this hit me. And then be willing to read uh, a lengthy excerpt of that so that we can get the full scope of what you're talking about. I know it's a tall order. But I think I think with this, I think you need to read a little bit more than two or three sentences to get the full impact because he packs so much in into the into the paragraphs that it's just I mean it's dense. There are. Uh, did we get to the? Did we we got to the? Did we get to the murderer last time? The big ghost. The big ghost. We didn't. <clears throat> I had mentioned it, but I don't need to talk specifically about it. Okay. Um, does someone want to? Uh, does someone want to start reading it? Uh, almost once I felt was followed by what I have been called the big man, so to speak, more accurately. Chapter. It's chapter four. It looks like a second paragraph. solemn group tonight. Gotta get, we gotta warm the engine. Yeah, I gotta warm the engine up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Nina's usually our narrator. I am usually. I, I, I need to I find it first. <laughs> okay, okay, I can read. I'll, okay. start, I'll start it out. Almost at once, <clears throat> I was followed by what I have called the big man, so to speak more accurately, the big ghost. He, in his turn, was followed by one of the bright people. Do you know me? He shouted to the ghost. I found it impossible to turn and not not to turn and attend. The face of the solid spirit. He was one of those that wore a robe, a robe made uh, that wore a robe made me want to dance. It was so jocund and so established in its youthfulness. Well, I'll be damned," said the ghost. "I wouldn't have believed it. It's a fair knockout, isn't it, right, Lynn? You know, what about poor Jack? Eh? You look pretty pleased with yourself. But what I say is, what about poor Jack?" He's here, said the other. You'll meet him soon if you stay. But you murdered him now. Of course I did. It's all right now. It all right, is it? All right for you, you mean. But what about the poor chap himself lying cold and dead? But he isn't. I've told you, you'll meet him soon. He sent you his love. What I'd like to understand, said the ghost, is what you're here for. So pleases punch, you bloody murderer. Well, I've been walking the streets down there, living in a place like a pigsty all these years. 
It's a little hard to understand at first, but it's all over now. You'll be pleased about it presently. Till then, there's no need to bother about it. No need to bother about it? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? No, not as you mean. I do not look at myself. I have given up myself. I had to, you know, after the murder. That is what it did for me. And that was how everything began. Personally, said the big ghost with an emphasis which contradicted the ordinary meaning of the word. Personally, I'd have thought you ought to have been the other way, the other way around. That's my personal opinion. Very likely, we shall soon, shall soon be, said the other. If you'll stop thinking about it. Look at me now, said the ghost, slapping his chest. The slap made no noise. I've gone straight in my life. I don't say I was a religious man. I don't say I had no faults, far from it. But I've done my best all my life, you see. I've done my best by everyone. That's the sort of chap I was. Never asked for anything that wasn't by my rights. If I wanted a drink, I paid for it, and I took my wages for my job done, see? That's, sort of, that's the sort I was, and I don't care who knows it. It wouldn't be much, it would be much better not to go on about that now. Who's going on? I'm not arguing. I'm just telling you the sort of chap I was, see? I'm asking, I'm not, I'm asking you for nothing but my rights. You may think you can put me down because you're dressed up like that, which you weren't when you worked for me worked under me, and I'm only a poor man, but I've got to have my rights the same as you, see? Oh no, it's not so bad as that. I haven't got my rights, and I should not here. You will not have your rights either. You'll get something far better. Never fear. I'll stop there. All right. Does anybody relate to the big ghost? I know I do. Always, always relate with him. Gotta have my rights. He's so adamant about making his own point that he doesn't listen to what anybody else is saying to him. Mm. Yeah. What's... The, the solid person is saying things that are so revolutionary that if the guy would stop and think about it for a second, he would understand that he could lay down his rights and he could get something even better. But he can't. He can't let it go. That's, that's kind of the point Lewis is making here <clears throat> about the kind of people that go, that are in the gray town. They're there for a reason, right? Anything else in there that people, uh, that, that jumped out at you? You're looking pleased as punch, you bloody murderer. I've been walking the streets down there living in a pigsty all these years. He's blaming him for his position. He says, it's, it's, it's okay. Needn't bother about that now. <clears throat> How'd you get, how did you get up here? Shouldn't you be down there? Oh, it'll be all right soon. Just, just let that go. But he can't. So what is, what is the, uh, let's, go, let's go big picture here. So what is the, the thread in 99% in, in of these, these ghosts? What is the thread? What is the thread of their argument? That's basically a good person. Most of them have their point to make about mm -hmm. what they did right and what they did good and what 
perceived failing, the solid person is that came to them, they're still holding a grudge generally. Mm. And they <clears throat> and they're always they're always pretty excited to finally either to be perceived to have been entreated or there's always this moment when the the ghost can like refuse something and they get their excuse to stay in hell pretty much they get just enough space too to scratch that itch right of their wound they, they get to say, see, this is my wound. Ah, you don't get it. No, 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 no. He doesn't get it either. I burned this. This is mine. Leave it alone. This is mine. So I guess that's... Lewis is making that point that... If you're not willing to let go of it here, would you be willing to let go of it there? Love and forgiveness, grace and mercy are revolutionary. Most, because most philosophies that we know that are that are created, most religions that that are brought forth have a moral structure of equity and fairness and getting your rights and getting getting your just desserts, right? And they always fail because grace says no, no, you never had a shot. You were always going to fail. It's not on what you did, it's, it's what I did. And so we see that, I think this is why we, when, you read, when you read these conversations, you see bits and pieces of yourself because you're like, yeah, ooh, I'm still holding on to that. I still have that grudge. Mm. I heard a minister said one time that here's some medicinal advice. No matter how long you nurse a grudge, it does not get better. It's like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's serious. Um, because bitterness, when it takes root, right? It takes root, grows into a tree, and then you have fruit. All right, so what happens to this guy? He continues to to uh, to boast. Uh, he says, that may be very, very well for you, I dare say. This is chapter, uh, page 32. If they choose to let bloody murderers in and all because he makes a poor mouth at the last moment. What's that? A poor mouth at the last moment? What's he talking about? Makes sense, right? Must be. Death Deathbed confession, right? Mm -hmm. uh, grace at the last second, thief on the cross type thing. Mm -hmm. Getting the penny for a, the, the 11th hour worker, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so there he is again. He's, 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 he's saying that my justice is actually probably better than God's. If they're letting you in here, why would I want this? God's a moral monster. Right? I know a lot of atheists who said God's a moral monster. Um, and if God does this, then I wouldn't want to follow after him. But I, but I don't see myself going in the same boat with you, you see. Why should I? I don't want charity. I'm a decent man, and if I had my rights, I'd have been here a long time ago, and you can tell them I said so. The other shook his head. 
you can never do that. You can never do it like that. Your feet will never grow hard enough to walk on our grass that way. You'll be tired out before we got to the mountains. And it is exactly true. It's not exactly true, you know. Mirth danced in his eyes as he said it. I love that. The, the solid people are always saying these extremely difficult things with complete joy and, and peace and just, just uh, in a gracious way. Um, mirth danced in his eyes as he said it. What isn't true, the ghost said sulkily. You weren't a decent man, and you didn't do your best. We none of us were, and we none of us did. Lord bless it, doesn't matter. There's no need to go into it now. None of us did. And then he gets offended again. And then he gets offended again, right? <clears throat> and, oh. Does that ghost is just, or not the ghost, the solid person. He's just speaking matter-of-factly, but it's, he's saying stuff that we're afraid to say here, like that's truth, because it's offensive to the dude, obviously, because, yeah, that guy murdered someone. Shouldn't be able to say that kind of thing, and yet he's experienced all the ultimate grace and forgiveness, so he's just matter-of-factly telling the truth, saying that it is what it is. And, and yet he seems to say that the murder wasn't a big deal. He's, mm -hmm. <clears throat> he's almost like, yeah, he was, yeah, he's, he's dead. He, he's up further. You know, you'll meet him later. But uh, I did worse because I, I murdered you every day. Yes. Oh, there's that part yeah. too. Yes. Where yeah, he says, right I murdered you every day in my heart yes. for years. <clears throat> right. So, so you see that the, the calculus of, of heaven is a little different than murder versus murder in your heart. So. Yeah, the, the balance, the scales of justice that the ghost is using are not the scales of justice that heaven uses. And, and he can't get over that, that he can't have it his way. Uh, are there any other Lewis books where he pulls on these same threads of, of this justice issue? Out of Silent Planet, that whole trilogy, I feel like he pulls on that. You know, like you go, whenever you see that, what are the animals called? Um... Zorn. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or the... No, the ones in the first one. Oh. This one's a sing. Oh, uh, uh, uh. It starts with an M? Uh, H. Certain age, Rasa. Rasa's, yeah, yeah, those. Like I just think about those and just how joyfully aware. And like when things happen, they just seem so pure in nature to almost like where they didn't have judgment um, in the same way as Weston and all the other ones did throughout that whole thing.
thought the Hirasa had obviously had to be a lower beast than mm -hmm. the other the ones, and they, yeah. the hierarchy that he thought they had to be simply because the ones appeared more animalistic. Yeah, than like which one of you is? It's almost the opposite. Instead of about instead of it being about justice, it's almost about who deserves like you know grace instead of mercy. It's almost like this is mercy, and then that trilogy was more about grace. But still, seeing the three of them, him, he could get over the fact that there wasn't a hierarchy that they're all equal, like equally different right. people. That's mm -hmm. good one. I think you would, I think you would, you could take Weston's dialogue at the tribunal and put it right here with this and I think it, it overlaps mm -hmm. a lot and Weston has the same arguments I gotta have my rights mm -hmm. you go you have to listen to me listen to me you know um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good uh, yeah that was that was fantastic <laughs> bring it over I was also thinking of uh, where Lewis says I think it I think it's mere Christianity where he says a man in great power who has, uh, uh, who laughs and commits, uh, or somebody laughs at him or whatever, or he, he's angry, sorry, he's angry, and his anger leads to the death of a thousand people. And then there's a man who, when he gets angry, people laugh at him, but he commits murder in his heart. And the black mark on each of them, the black mark on their soul was exactly the same. And Joel's what you're saying is like, he's like, I killed him, I, killed, I did worse, I killed you in my heart all those years ago. Um, <clears throat> that's what I love, Lewis. It, it's, if he says it one place, he says it again, he says it again, and it pulls through, and it's just so, it's so tight. One thing that I, that I noticed, uh, again, reading and listening to this again, is how, is, is how um, swearing or cursing is so different in this middle place and it it's interesting because the ghosts are still saying things like well I'm Dan and like well <laughs> you know and uh, and then he's he's complaining because he doesn't want to take anybody's bleeding charity and mm -hmm. then the ghost says do a ask for the bleeding charity ask for yes and and then later on there's places where they say just as an exclamation oh god and then they bow because they, they have to it's just interesting how how he takes and the unconscious things that people say now have weight and meaning yeah you know, here in the in the after mm. yeah the words do do have different different meaning there um all right, let's move on to the, the next conversation. Um, let's see which one is. Okay, so Nina can read some things. Um, do, do we want to just go through these conversations? Just one by one? I, th I think there's a lot here. So Nina, do you want to read the next conversation where it starts? Um, Is that the one in chapter five? Yeah, chapter five. Pages. I think it's like three or four, maybe four pages in. Under the cedar trees. Yeah, you can start out with, it was a fat ghost. Start there. Fat ghost. Yeah, it's the first paragraph, towards the, the end of the first paragraph. With a cultured voice who addressed me in the bus, seemed to be wearing gaiters. Page 35. Page 35. Chapter five. Yeah. Chapter five. Basically, at the end of the first paragraph. The conversation is in the second paragraph. My dear boy? Yeah, right, right, the, yep. the sentence yep. above that. Okay. It was the fat ghost with the cultured voice who had addressed me in the bus, and it seemed to be wearing gaiters. 
My dear boy, I'm delighted to see you, was saying to the spirit, who was naked and almost blindingly white. I was talking to your poor father the other day and wondering where you were. You didn't bring him, said the other. Well, no, he lives a long way from the bus, and to be quite frank, he's been getting a little eccentric lately, a little difficult, losing his grip. He never was prepared to make any efforts, you know. If you remember, he used to go to sleep when you and I got talking seriously. Ah, Dick, I shall never forget some of our talks. I expect you've changed your views a bit since then. You became rather narrow-minded towards the end of your life, but no doubt you've brought it out again. How do you mean? Well, it's obvious by now, isn't it, that you weren't quite right? Why, my dear boy, you were coming to believe in a literal heaven and hell. But wasn't I right? Oh, in a spiritual sense, to be sure. I still believe in them in that way. I'm still, my dear boy, looking for the kingdom. But nothing superstitious or mythological. Excuse me, where do you imagine you've been? Ah, I see. You mean the gray town with its continual hope of mourning? We must all live by hope, must we not? For this field for indefinite progress is, in a sense, heaven, if only we have eyes to see it. That is a beautiful idea. Stop there. <laughs> Thoughts on that conversation so far? <laughs> talk about oblivious. Tell me, that this is, we talk about intellectualism? It's kind of meme-worthy. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I can think of some memes. Where do you imagine you fit? Like, bro. No. Bro. What what do you guys think about, oh, you mean the great time with its continual hope of mourning? Is that an optimist or what? Right? You know? He's down there in the continual twilight, and the come, they're actually, most people in the great time are waiting for the destruction and the great storms to happen and, you know, a night to come. And he's like, oh, morning's coming. Which they were so nervous about, they had to whisper about back on the bus because yeah. people got mad if you <laughs> talked about it out loud. Right. So where is this guy getting his information that this is, oh, no, this is morning's coming. Morning's coming in the gray town. Could that be, uh, could that be a, uh, a Milton phrase there? Mm. Making a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven mm. type thing? Mm-hmm. Trying to twist it around to make it seem, make yourself seem, you know, more intellectual, like you're a bright. I think actually they say something on the other side. And, uh, oh, the bright people. Never mind. Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, my dear boy, I'm looking for the kingdom. Do, do we know people like this? Perpetual seekers. I'm. I'm. I'm seeking. I'm seeking. Truth, but what do you do if you ever find it? I'm just seeking, I'm just perpetually going to be in that mode of skepticism, right? And so when you when you engage with something, you're skeptical about it and, and you spiritualize everything, like, oh, this is this is meta, this is spiritual, yes, in a spiritual sense, this is heaven. I can see what you mean spiritually. <clears throat> Much learning has made him mad, okay. I didn't mean that at all. Is it possible you don't know where you've been? Now that you mention it, I don't think we ever do give it a name. What do you call it? We call it hell. <laughs> There's no need to be profane, my dear boy. I may not be very orthodox in your sense of that word, but I do feel that these matters ought to be discussed simply and seriously and reverently. Discuss hell reverently? I meant what I said. You have been in hell. So if you don't go back, you may call it purgatory. Enough. That's an incredible idea. 
<laughs> Somebody pick at that for a second. I'm not. Okay, so first the guy says, don't be profane. Speak reverently about hell. Excuse me? Reverently about hell? You have your priorities mixed up. You know, when you try to make the good things bad and the bad things good, and try to give, you try to bring sacred into the profane. No, it's objectively profane. Like, it, it is, hell is hell, it's objectively hell. Except it might not be. It could be, all right, so, what are your, what are your thoughts on purgatory? We read Leaf by Niggle, and there's a, a, a purgatory sort of in that. What are your actual thoughts on purgatory? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <coughs> let, let's bring this out, because I think this, this is gonna see how you guys actually deal with the book. I mean, are you a hardliner, like there is no purgatory, it is exclusivism, it is, it is black and white? Either you're uh, part of the elect or you're not. You're, you're a sheep or a goat. Or is there a little wiggle room? What? I, it's, oh, no, ahead. it's just something silly. I just think it's interesting that uh, Tolkien and Lewis agree on something because that's really rare. So <laughs> yes, it is. I was like, wow, how fun. It's like <laughs> yeah. one of the very few things that they agree on. So it's funny. And it's a really tough one, too. So it's surprising to me that they would. It's a very uh, polarizing one. So Right. That's why, that's why I'm. Poking the bear right now. Uh. It's simply a, an appealing idea. <laughs> it's a lot more appealing than like this binary thing where it's just like, oh, like, yeah, it's just like, all right, like, all right, here's the line. Um, but I, I, I didn't grow up with that kind of theology, mm -hmm. and I don't know. Because most of us did not. Grow well, yeah, but, I, but I, you know, maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> like, I don't know what scriptures people point to when they talk about purgatory. Like, and I, that's not to say there aren't any. I just, I genuinely don't know which ones they would point to. Does this intrigue you to want to pull on that thread on the sweater and see if the sweater unravels entirely? <laughs> or is this something you're like, nah, I'm good? <laughs> And the interesting thing about purgatory is it's yet another example of how God gave us free will so that we could choose to love him. Mm -hmm. And he's giving us that choice over and over and over again. So you see, there is life through our transition, hopefully through heaven. But if mm -hmm. we don't, we're still giving that choice. And all these various ghosts are choosing one way or the other. And the solid people have chosen... <coughs> A better way. Yeah. It's still that, you know, because all God wants is to be loved, but He can't be loved by somebody He's dictated to, you will love me. Because that's we, not. That's, that's not really love. Mm -hmm. So that's why He gave us the free will, so that we have that opportunity to love Him back of our own choice. Mm. Preach. I didn't grow up with that theology either, but I do think it's interesting, especially the older I get and more. I, it's funny because I feel like Lewis has a lot of famous quotes that kind of point to that, that people love to quote, but I'm like, you really know the context when he's talking about purgatory. So like, <laughs> right. you know, um, like the gates of hell are locked from the inside. That's like yeah. a popular one from him. And then his other one is, um, oh, what is it? Um, the road to hell is paved with, paved with good intentions. It's another mm -hmm. one by him. So it's almost like you can change, obviously, if your intentions are good, you can still make the wrong choice. It's like, and there's, still redemption for you to change your mind. So I feel like it's just interesting. Those quotes are quoted a lot 
by people that I know don't believe in purgatory, so I'm like, well, you know, contextually, I feel like it's worth looking into, but yeah, I didn't grow up as well. Same as basically second to what Cody's everything Cody said. So well, I didn't grow up with that either. It's an idea that I've developed mostly in the last 20 years since we've been living here in Wilmore, listening uh -huh. to all these seminarians and such. <laughs> so let me pose you a question that my six-year-old daughter posed to me. She's not six now. She's not six now. She's 12. This one, she was six. If there's a way out of heaven, Lucifer, and there are the angels, is there also a way out of hell? Which was not an easy question to answer. And some of my Oxford professors got a little tongue-tied when she asked them the question. So... Um, because you think about it, do angels have free will? Nope. Apparently so. Apparently so, because Lucifer chose other than God, and a third of the angels showed other. So there is free, there is there is a sort of free will in in heaven. We know there's free will in the Trinitarian relationship because that is ultimate love. <clears throat> so, what happens when we die? Is there is there a, a chance? What I like about Lewis's pre and also Tolkien's presentation of it and where I kind of come down on it is, is that they represent it as a bit of a surprise mm -hmm. to all parties. And I think it's really bad systematic theology to try to bank on purgatory. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that the presentation that Lewis gives leaves all the rights of grace and charity to God. And so if God chooses to leave a, a, a gray area, he's the creator, he's the judge, he's, right. he's also paid. So it's his, it's his prerogative. So it's, the fact that it's based in grace mm -hmm. makes me okay with it. Right. The, I think it makes a bad thing to depend upon. That's, so I'm willing to give it the wiggle room for God as his prerogatory. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did that. So, but um, I think that, uh, and that's what appeals to me, is that mm -hmm. it's another dimension of, of grace in the way he proposes it. I think it's interesting because it, I think... To me, as a, I think, an evangelist at heart, it messes with evangelists, right? The ones who are big evangelists because they're like, oh, we go preach the gospel. We share the gospel because we want ultimately to save people from hell and to give them life with Christ eternally. And when you stick little things like this in here, I'm like, well, does any of my evangelistic work mean anything if they still have a choice? after they die, right? And I think there's these simple questions people ask, and, but, and I think I talked about this last week, maybe? <clears throat> I mean, as you very clearly see as you go through the book, they keep, they get off, they leave he hell and come over to heaven, and they keep choosing to go back to hell. So it's like their choices don't change, even when given the opportunity. Um, so in a sense, you're, this still encourages me to say, keep, keep sharing the gospel, keep doing what, what Christ commanded you to do when, when uh, you left this earth. And so, 
I'm, I'm kind of where you're at. Kind of like, could be. Who knows? <laughs> but, and I'm okay with it either way. To me, it doesn't really matter because what, what matters, like, I think Corey Tenboom, obviously, you may not know this yet, but I love Corey Tenboom very much. <laughs> she was like, that's all she did. She made sure, she was standing in line thinking she was going to die that day. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is my, this is like when they have staying at um, attendance in the morning at a concentration camp, and she's like, this might be my last opportunity to help save someone from hell. So she shares the gospel with her neighbor in line, and that sweet little thing gives her life to Christ, and she, that girl, little girl dies the next day. Corey ends up living, goes on, and that's literally what she spends her whole life doing. And, um, and so, like, I look at those people, and I'm just reminded, we're always reminded, this is what we are meant to do on Earth, no matter what. So, this stuff it doesn't bother me at all, because, well, obviously, Lewis doesn't know either, but he's proposing a question. I love it. So, if we, if we take that, and we say, what about evangelism? And then we look, how many people actually made that choice? Like, we're someone giving, given that. I'm going to throw this out because I'm going to come back to this in, in, towards the end. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the reason why it's easier to make the choice for Christ. <laughs> on earth is because we live under the ubiquitous presence of the Holy Spirit, the veil is rent in the gray town there is no spirit so I'm going to tell you why I think that that's uh, a little bit later we'll go into that and the second thing is <clears throat> um, one of my Catholic uh, professors said that Somebody in class, uh, somebody asked one of the, uh, the archbishops, or not archbishops, one of the cardinals um, at the Catholic Church, said, what about Satan? This, you know, does, he get a, get, does he get saved too? And to which the cardinal replied, that's God's devil. Let him deal with him. I was like, oh, okay. So that's, not, that's not a closed door, but that's an like Because we have a book called the Bible, that has footnotes about Lucifer's story, about Satan's story. We don't know the book that's written for him. We don't know every. We don't. We don't have context for the footnote. We just have a footnote. It's like, oh, this little, this little allusion to another story that's in another universe, is another dimension. 
So we can't make that claim. And so it's God's devil. He can do with him what he wants. That's we have fragments of his origin stories, and that's all we have to be able to piece together. So yeah. who are we to say? What I love about Lewis is, I mean, so much of his apologetics is most of us have grown up with pretty standard ideas of Christianity, heaven, hell, eternity, salvation, evangelism, all these things. It's so black and white. And, like, he challenges, he makes you question all of your all the things, which is what apologetics really is supposed to do. But, you know, like, Wes has talked about when he was sitting in class, they started challenging the idea of heaven and hell, and, like, some of the students were like, uh, like, their heads were exploding, and they were going crazy and mad because it was challenging something they believed their whole lives. And it said, hey, this might not be true. <laughs> And um, I love it because Lewis is constantly doing that. Like, this might be possible. That might be possible. Whereas before, we're like, no, no, that's not possible. Can't be. And um, I just love that. So, yeah. This is my favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> I love this book. Mm -hmm. uh, you continue? Yes. <clears throat> Where were we? We call it hell? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Okay, purgatory. Go on, my dear boy, go on. That is so like you. No doubt you'll tell me why, on your view, I was not sent I was sent there. I'm not angry. But don't you know you went there because you are an apostate? Are you serious, Dick? Perfectly. This is worse than I expected. Do you really think people are penalized for their honest opinions? Even assuming for the sake of argument that those opinions were mistaken, do you really think there are no sins of intellect? There are indeed, Dick. There is hidebound prejudice and intellectual dishonesty and timidity and stagnation, but honest opinion is fearlessly followed. They are not sins. I know we used to talk that way. I did it, I did it too until the end of my life when I became what you call narrow. It all turns in what, you, what are honest opinions. Mine certainly were. They were not only honest, but heroic. I asserted them fearlessly when the doctrine of the resurrection ceased to commend itself to the critical faculties which God had given me, I openly rejected it. I preached my famous sermon. I defied the whole chapter. I took every risk. What risk? What was at all likely to come of it except what actually came popularity, sales for your books, invitations, and finally a bishopric? Bishopric. Bishopric. Okay. What's that? Very contemporary. Very contemporary. Oh, he took risks. I attacked the resurrection. I rejected the entire chapter. A lot of postmodernism going on mm. in this chapter. <laughs> A lot. I actually heard some uh, somebody speaking from. Uh, I can't get the context just right, but I can't remember what church it was, but some lady was standing up and saying that we hear, we honor the holy and queer one. And I was like, wait, what? Where, where is that scripture? Wait, wait, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on here. This oh, he's just odd. He's just odd, yeah. <laughs> And so, so, so I was just thinking, that popped into my head, because this lady's thinking, I'm taking a risk. I'm taking a risk. I'm being intellectually honest right now. 
What do you guys think about the intellectual honesty? What, what do you guys think about the sins of intellect? Are, are there any? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is not reasonable. It's beyond our reason. The whole idea of death and resurrection. We think that's the end goal anyway, so of course all of this stuff is really beyond us. So yeah, I think we like to reason and rationalize all these things, but that's just within our systems. Has anyone ever read Peter Rawlins' How Not to Talk About God? Um, if you want to get a look at the emerging church and the postmodern church, uh, just read that book. Because I get this idea, this sense here as well of I'm taking a risk. So one of the things that Peter Rawlins says is every time you have an idea of God, it's idolatry and you need to get rid of it and you can't actually think about God because every time you think about God, you create that that's a false image and you're worshiping an idol and that's idolatry and you need to stop it. Okay? And it seems like he's taking a risk. However, our reason and imagination are the only tools we have which to communicate with God. And he's saying, no, you can't do it. So every time you get that image of God and you... <coughs> It's a sin, and you have to get rid of it. This is the same group of people that say you, you make the Bible an idol. Yes, the same. The same that says that the the Bible is an idol, and you don't need to read it all the time because it's it's it can be it can become an idol to you, an idolatry. Oh, I've seen that group. And you go, oh, wait, okay. Now you see what they're doing is they're creating a a fluid a fluid idea. Uh, uh, a spiritualization of everything, a Gnosticism, right? That you keep everything in the ethereal, in the, in the you know, esoteric, so you can never really touch it. But then you never have anything, your, your feet are planted in, in midair. You don't, you don't have anything solid. There's no ontological, everything's epistemological, nothing's ontological. Lewis was dealing with that back then as well. And we're still dealing with the same things because we're still dealing with the same spiritual battles. Mm -hmm. We're still dealing with the same, the enemy doesn't have anything new. He just repackages and remarkets, right? Yep, takes advantage <laughs> of people who don't remember. Yes, and if you can get people to not think about God by, by saying it's an idol every time, they won't know what to think about God, so when you present any idea to them, they're like, okay. Think about this. We used to memorize a lot of things, right? We used to memorize dates and times and, and memorize speeches and have all this information in it. And then I remember my professors and teachers going, you don't need to learn dates because you can just go to Google, right? You just look it up in Google. What happens when they remove it from Google? They can erase history because we don't have it. Thy word I've hidden my heart that I might not sin against you, right? This is what David said. So when you look at the Bible and say this is an idol and you get rid of it, when you look at, take all those things and get rid of it, you have severed yourself off into this intellectual sphere where you actually think heaven or hell's a good thing. Oh, it's it's perpetual. We're, we are not. We are on the brink of mourning down there in hell. Which wow. I will say. Which I will say. They are written down indeed when you search through Google because it's a search engine. But if they start stacking the results to where it points to the wrong servers that have the wrong information, yeah, then you're in another heap of trouble. So, yeah, so I wouldn't do the logistics of that. Yeah, oh, it is written down, but. It could be written down improperly. Yep. Yeah. And can you get to it? Yeah. 
yeah, can you get to it, and what's the engine that you need to <clears throat> use? And then when you get to the information, if you don't have other information which with to reference in even in your mind, so you can understand and have that have that that rational that, that argument of going, well, here are the clues. Let me pull from my other resources. <coughs> if you don't have those resources, well, when you read something, it doesn't have any impact because you don't know where that where, where that's coming from, right? So you've you've lost those foundations. All right. Um, Let's see. There's several more pages of, of that argument. Do we want to go on to uh, one more? Start one more? Or do you guys want to continue this one? Well, this one goes on forever. Yeah, this one's, this one's quite a while. There's a good line <clears throat> that I like, though. He says... Uh, he said, look, um, let us be frank. Our opinions were not honestly come by. Mm. We simply found ourselves in contact with the current current of ideas and we plunged into them because it seemed modern and successful. At college, you know, we just started automatically writing the kind of essays that got good marks. Come on. And saying the things that won applause. When did we put up a moment's real resistance to our loss of faith? Yeah. That's abolition of man stuff. That is abolition of man, yes. Uh -huh. um, let's, <clears throat> let's go to uh, page 45 at the end there. It says, If the thirst of reason is really dead, said the spirit, then stopped as though pondering. Then suddenly he said, Can you at least still desire happiness? So, this guy's beyond reason, right? He, he's post-reason. You, can, you can't reason with him. Can you at least pull on some imaginative side of him? Some, can, what about happiness? Can, do you still want to be happy? Happiness, my dear Dick, said the ghost placidly. Happiness, as you will come to see when you are older, <laughs> lies in the path of duty. Which reminds me, bless my soul, I nearly forgot. Of course I can't come with you. I have to be back on Friday to read a paper. We have a little theological society uh, down there. Oh, yes, there's plenty of intellectual life. Not a very high quality, perhaps. Um, why, why isn't there very good quality? A certain confusion of mind. Yes, because the, the lower, transpositionally, when you sink even lower, there is, there is no higher that you can... aiming. You, you can't aim, right? It's probably all postmodern. Well, it's, it's all epistemology because it said you have every you desire is fulfilled, right? Or you have everything you want down there, right? So it's whatever you want. You can create a house. You can do all this kind of stuff. So it's all based on you. What do you know about what you want and about who you are down there? Where, what identity do you have to even come up with things that you think you want? So there is no aiming. Like, like Stephen said, there's no aiming. There's no, it's all, all epistemological. Okay. One knows a certain lack of grip of certain confusion of mind. That is where I can be of use to them. <clears throat> so this guy wanted to be useful, right? If you read, if you read the story, he wanted to be, he wanted to be useful. Um, where is where is the line? Um, shoot, there's a, there's an amazing line here. I, I, I've missed it, and I need to go back and find it. Um, let's see. Uh, questions. 
My computer keyboard's in the Greek. Okay. He, uh, he usually just types in Greek all day. Yes. <laughs> um, it's where the guy says, I want to be useful. And he's like, I, I, have, I, I, want to, I want to ask honest questions here. And he's like, no, 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 no. There are no questions here. There are only answers. And he's like, well, I don't want to be in a place that, that you can't question. <laughs> See how he flipped it? He took, he took the thing where you can have every question answered immediately when you need it to, oh, you don't want honest questions. You don't want my questions. You just want to have the, 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 the prepackaged canned answer and I can't question the answer. It's like, no, 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 you can't question the answer because the, the answer is all that exists. There is nothing else. But he couldn't, he couldn't get that. So he wants to go down to his little theological society because he can be of help. It's very yeah, centered. Well, there, I found it. Okay. Well, that is a plan. I am perfectly ready to consider it. Of course, I should require some assurances. I should want to guarantee that you are taking me to a place where I shall find a wider sphere of usefulness and scope for the talents that God has given me, and an atmosphere of free inquiry. In short, all that one means by civilization and er, the spiritual life. No, said the other, I can promise you none of these things. Mm. No sphere of usefulness, you're not needed there at all. No scope for your talents, only forgiveness for having perverted them. No atmosphere of inquiry, for I will bring you to the land not of questions, but of answers, and you shall see the face of God. Ah, but we must all interpret these beautiful words in our own way. For me, there is no such thing as the, as the final answer. The free wind of inquiry must always continue to blow through the mind. Through the mind, must it not prove all things? To travel hopefully is better than to arrive. Perpetual seeking. Oh. I mean, he's like pointing on all the arguments. Buddha said that. Who else said that? There's a bunch mm -hmm. of people who have been quoted that line: "To travel hopefully is better than to arrive." It's like mm -hmm. a huge argument. Um, that quote. And actually, it's funny that this came up because I was just looking. Um, Lewis's quote about that, because I couldn't remember exactly what it was, and he basically says, I think this is a mere Christianity maybe, but he says, if that, to travel hopefully is better than to arrive, were true, and known to be true, how could anyone travel hopefully? There would be nothing to hope for. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's weird, I was literally just looking that up before. literally the next line, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. If that were to be true, and known to be true, how could anyone travel hopefully? There would be nothing to hope for. Oh, yes, it's great horse. But, yeah. but, but you must feel yourself that there's something stifling about the idea of finality. Stagnation, my dear boy. What is more slow-destroying than stagnation? You think that, because hitherto you have experienced truth only with the abstract intellect. I will bring you where you can taste it like honey and be embraced by it as by a bridegroom. Your thirst shall be quenched. Well, really, you know, I am not aware of a thirst for it for some ready-made truth which puts an end to intellectual activity in the way you seem to be describing. Will it leave me the free play of mind, Dick? I must insist on that, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. This whole character just reminds me, or this whole ghost just reminds me of 1 Corinthians 2, where Paul would just talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Mm -hmm. I think it's some 27 maybe where it says God took the simple or took the simple mm -hmm. things to compound the wise. Yeah. And then even when he's at the end here, when he's even talking about like the crucifixion and one feels for the first time what a disaster that was because like hey if Christ lived, it just continued oh on. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the problem that the Jews and the Greeks had. Basically this whole thing. How could a savior die on the cross in a crucifixion? Like it just confounded them. Like, nope, that's just not possible. He can't be the savior. And that's kind of like this guy with his intellect. He's basically getting so far. It's just he's being confounded mm. by it just being just too simple, basically. That's, good. Mm. that's why it's foolishness to lose all mm. time. Yeah. 
because you have to lay that lay that down because your intellect nothing and I think and I think too it's beyond our like it's a different level of logic too it's yeah. so ontological that we don't have access to that so it seems foolish to us so so what's beyond quantum mechanics <laughs> that's now that's beyond my framework bro <laughs> Yeah. What created quantum mechanics? What you're, what you're looking for, you know? Because because we're in subsets of rules, mm -hmm. whereas he has the overarching rules. It's transposition so. too. It's, 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 it's transposition. <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly what it is. So, a couple things that that are just I mean amazing. <clears throat> With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Lewis is surgical. Guys, he sets this up. And he, he sets up the steel man, and then he just melts it like Gollum in the ring. I mean, he just literally just melts it down. Um, uh, to travel, hopefully, is better than not to travel. If that were true, and known to be true, how could anyone travel? Hopefully, there would be nothing to hope for. Completely just obliterates the guy, and there's nothing, like, there's nothing to stand on. It's done. Um, and he does this over and over and over and over again through here. He gives... This is the best argument, because isn't that the, the platitude that we all want to hear? Oh, you know, not all the wonder or lost. Let's, you know, uh, the destination is, is not the thing, it's the journey. These are these platitudes and these niceties that just really, that, that we think are, they won't do when you actually have, when you're in reality. Like, they, 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 won't, they won't answer the question. Their shoulders aren't broad enough. And Lewis says, atheism's a boy's philosophy. It just doesn't have the ability to bear the weight of the real questions. And I think that's just, um, gosh, it's just so powerful how, uh, how he does that. What was the other thing you guys were, uh, somebody mentioned, um, he talks about one other thing in here. Uh, Are we going to let you get away with dissing on Gandalf and Strider there? I'm just wondering if anyone else. <laughs> Disney. Not all who wonder. I, I was no. wondering I was if somebody was going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to slide that in, and nobody. And then you guys. Well, well, I think we all heard you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Randy, so, Randy's not here. So. Yeah, Randy's not here. I was going to say Randy would have preferred Now, <laughs> the whole phrasing of that is good, but people use that out of context yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. Put on right. mugs about they travel put, and about. <laughs> yeah. They put it on there because. And the people, if you talk to these people, you're going to find out they are, they are the person, the, the perpetual seeker, right? And you'll see that, and they, um, I remember this, this was, uh, there was a professor who was teaching ethics, and this one student was attacking his, his ethics that he has, and she's like, well, 
you know, I'm a third year ethics student or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so tell me, what are your ethics? She's like, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So the people who, all these people who are like, they want to wander, wander because making choices is harder. You know, and so, yeah. Um, isn't, it, isn't it Chesterton who says, um, don't be so open-minded that your brain falls out? Yes. That's, yeah. that's why I love the character of cheating in good place. It just mm. gives me anxiety, though, but just make a choice. Cheating in good place, yes. <laughs> I always refer to that show. It's okay. Um, yes, yeah, so... Dun, 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 dun. All right. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll pull on some things here a, a little more. Did anyone have a chance to read the Plato essay? For a little, little bit of it. Okay. Um, I, read, any, I read the shed one. The shed? Okay, the meditation, the tool shed. Did you guys read that? I read that one. That's good. Any, any thoughts on that? It's so good. It was very good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Oh. That was in there. Those were because um, we mentioned that it's a very short essay. I had that pulled up last week. I need to read it though. It's only like one page, right? Yeah, it's like one page. Yeah. It has columns. The, the version that I said is two pages in a paragraph. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's feel longer, but it's in yeah, columns. Columns. <laughs> 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 your phone. It's like. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Make sure that I got one that I could open, so I was hoping that everybody else oh, could open it too. Very helpful. Some of them, some of those yeah. links you find, they you gotta subscribe or there's yeah, a yeah. I actually read this stuff. last week in the middle of the group, and I, the thing that actually stood out to me was the middle there about um, when a young man meets a girl, the whole world looks different when he sees her. Her voice reminds of something he's been trying to remember all his life, and to immense casual chat with her is more precious than all the flavors that <clears throat> all other women in the world could grant. Um, let's see, and then it goes on to talk about the scientific part of it. Oh, where is that? It's so small. <laughs> now, now come scientists describe this young man's experience from the outside. For him, it is all an affair of the young man's genes and a recognized biological stimulus. Mm -hmm. That's just, that puts it in such a unique way, perspective and stuff. I need to read more. Yeah. So, I like the way goes into the conundrum of uh, the scientist watching the reactions and it's just bits of gray matter moving and stuff like that. Yeah. But if that's all he's interested in and not looking at it from the inside, well how do you, how does he know that his bits of gray matter are actually seeing the bits of gray matter that are moving mm. that he's watching? Mm -hmm. And how you can get yourself in such a conundrum that we, way if you don't use... You get into an infinite regress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Unless you use both ways of seeing it. Yes. So what what your balance of reason and reason imagination? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> what what is it? What what is specifically he's, he's actually talking about here is, and we're talking about this in the Great Divorce too. I think this is this is this is actually really good. We're talking about agency and mechanism, right? Those are the two things we're talking about. Um, I uh, I had a great opportunity to to speak, in uh, in, in Scotland. And I'd been, try, I'd been dealing with this militant kid 
It was, it, was a, it was like a Hogwarts place. It was literally like a Hogwarts <laughs> school, but we got to go do apologetics that. And this guy was just militant. He had watched so many YouTube videos on, on atheism, and he was just spitting everything. And he was just, he was coming. And so I spent the whole week going, how am I going to get to this guy? Like, how am I going to get him to stop for a minute and, and, and listen? And he was, he was talking about scripture. And he said, well, the Bible's wrong scientifically. And, and I said, well, the Bible's not trying to answer a scientific question. I said, the Bible's trying to answer a why question. I said, science can answer why questions. And so he, he looked at me and I said, so, and I heard this from John, I stole this from John Lennox. Um, so I simply said, why does a, a pot of water on the stove, why does it boil? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy and the kid said, "Well, it's the thermo uh, thermodynamics of the, the molecules heating up in friction. It's uh, the, the, it's, it, it, it generates heat from that and causes steam and all that kind of stuff." I said, "Yes, that's that's mechanism." I said, "That's a perfectly that's 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 a hundred percent. That's the answer." Or, I wanted a cup of tea. <laughs> that's why the water boiled because I turned it on. That's agency, and you have to have both. And the problem with naturalism is it can't allow for agency. It has to say, no, that you're just a collocation of atoms bouncing around in neurons and everything before you is predicting the things that you're going to do now deterministically. And so you don't exist. And to which you ask, well, who's saying that? And what is it, the three possible reasons for origins is destiny, or, or sorry, design, chance, and necessity. Necessity, yeah. Yeah. So which is it, right? <laughs> right. So agency and mechanism. So what, what he's talking about there is the scientist says, well, when you're in love, there's a chemical reaction in your brain, and that's what love is. And, and you go, well, that's weird, because why would a chemical reaction in your brain um, have you run into a burning building to, to save someone when you're putting your life at risk? Or why, you know, there are behaviors and actions that happen that that chemical reaction do not affect. So love must be something deeper than that. And the Christian's answer is, well, because God is love. And that's, that's the answer. Um, and we're, we, we know love because he first loved us, and that's that's how we come to those, those answers. So <clears throat> Lewis does such a good job at stealing past the watchful dragons in this because he comes up through a dream and then he brings the arguments in and then he just slowly just annihilates them one by one. <laughs> and the thing is, most of these burns, if you notice, are self-burns. Most of, most of the people are... Put, them, <laughs> put it back on themselves. Yes, yeah. they say things and you're like, oh, that's... That says, William Lane Craig says, that's self-referentially incoherent. <laughs> like that is, that's a circular, like that's continued this circular reasoning. My job is done here. Yeah. It's like, that's not logically possible. You're, you're, you've made some mistakes. Um, and I know in this, in, in this day and age, um, I've been thinking, I've actually been thinking a lot about this because so many people that, I, that I've been listening to and, and, and hearing uh, are really frustrated and they consider this to be a post reason age that people are beyond reasoning right I would suggest you guys go and read uh, 
the the parrots. What's it called? Yeah, C.S. Lewis. It's it's in Pilgrim's Regress. It's called the Parrot. Yeah, um, I can't remember this uh, second title, but it's 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 a little chapter um, about postmodernism and about post reason. Okay, and the reason why I continue to try to reason and argue with people, and like the ghost here, continue to argue and reason with them, is because there's a line that happens in Pilgrim's Regress. When, when the character is caught in the belly of the spirit of the age and the person who saved him was reason and she came riding on a white horse. And so we might be in an age of post-reason. That doesn't mean that we can't defend reason, that we can't use reason because when you teach people how to reason, when you teach people how to find the clues, when you teach people how to become Sherlock Holmes, they become insatiable, and then they go looking for other things, right? It may take a while, and not everybody may jump on board, but I guarantee you, um, if you take young people and you start to teach them reason, and they can, they can look at a problem and figure it out, they become insatiable. Um, I'm not saying that reason is the, only, is the only answer. It's not. There's grace, there's mercy, there's love, there's, I mean, uh, we, we know Newtonian physics isn't all. There's quantum mechanics, there's other things, there's agency, there's, there's all these things. But God gave us the ability to reason. <clears throat> it is the glory of God to conceal things, the glory of kings to seek them out. We are all epistemological detectives trying to figure out the world, and we have, we have clues, and we have to put the right clues in the right spot. And when we do that, we come to right conclusions. And then we come transpositionally close the paper fire so that we can warm our hands by it. We, we get to touch things that way, but only if we harmonize imagination and reason, which Lewis does so well here. So, um, if somebody could figure out what that parrot thing is called, because <laughs> I've had it, it's just slipping my brain. It's, it's I know what you're talking about. I'm yeah. looking forward to my emails. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll send that to, to Meredith, and she can send it out to everybody, and you can, you can read that. Are you guys enjoying the book? I will. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, how, how much longer do we have? Do we want to go slow with this, or do we want to pick up the pace and knock it out in two more times, or do we want to go three? I guess we can see what happens next week. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens next week, and then we'll see if we want to... Uh, did you guys like... Let me ask you this question. Did you like reading the paragraphs and, and then pulling it apart so that everybody's on the same page instead of us just kind of throwing out the high-level stuff and then trying to piece it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was nice. I think the ending kind of speeds up. This book spills, I feel like oh, it yeah. meets in the middle. So yes. I feel like when we get through oh, the end, yeah. it'll kind of like just speed. I feel like it'll speed up towards the end. It will, basically. yeah. Next week is Memorial Day. Are people around Memorial Day? Nope. Like, yeah. I won't hear, but are you guys going to record this? I just listen to if, we're, yeah. if, we're, if people are going to, if people will show up, we'll, we'll be here, but if no one's going to be here, then we won't we'll show be. up. I won't be here. Monday. Sounds like Monday evening, what we've been home. Oh. Wrist. <coughs> <coughs> Unless wrist strained out. People do stuff on Monday. I'm real day. Cookouts? I don't know. Yeah, there's cookouts. I still never do a real day. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Well, just see. Send an email and see. Uh, respond to the email if you want to. If you want to come, and then if we get four or five people, we'll have it. We'll record it. And uh, if not, we'll wait for the next week. That's 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 no big deal. But yeah. So there'll be if we keep continue like this, there'll be two more sessions that'll be slow like this. And that, and that third session will just knock it out, and then uh, we'll hit weight of glory, and that'll take. Uh, um, a couple sessions and then we'll break for summer and then come back in August and uh, refreshed. refreshed and we'll figure out what I don't you know we'll figure it out if we're doing Lord of the Rings or not I just uh, somebody, somebody threw that out there so we'll see if that's <laughs> if that's the thing the biggest challenge to tackle I've read that since middle school so yeah can I um, get my email to I was going to say, you need, you need his email. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give me your email address. Yeah. Can you write it down? Yeah. Here. <coughs> All right. Um, yep. Yeah. Just let it there on the. Anybody who wants to be on the email list, just yeah, write yes. your name and email there. And I'll get you in. Um, I'd be interested if you guys. Uh, delved in a little bit into inclusivism, annihilationism, exclusivism, and, and come up with some of your own thoughts and say, hey, I kind of like the idea of universalism. Or I think I'm an inclusivist, or, you know, just to see where you, not not to call people out or things, I know this is, heaven and hell's pretty personal, you know, but just, just because your idea might help somebody. As, as Lewis says, we, we, we take these theological ideas that we don't know for certain, and if one idea draws us closer to him, hold on to it. If not, then let it go. And so somebody might be an, an exclusivist and then read this book and go, man, I'm actually feeling like universalism now, you know? And so, take it for a test drive. I'll come it's with like, a graph next week. It's like huh? Oprah says, it's one big wheel. I'll, I'll come with a mind chart next week that has all the scripture. There we go, yeah. Well, it's interesting because it, Really, it does say specifically that death in Hades is thrown into the lake of fire, which is eternal, but that the Satan and his demons, that's a place prepared, prepared for them and it's conscious. So they're alive, but it isn't, it talks about humans being there, but it, it doesn't, doesn't say that they can't leave. So I, I don't know, there's room. So I'm, I'm chewing on that kind of stuff. That's what I like. If you guys yeah. want a graph or chart on anything, Steven's your guy. Yeah, he sends some wild ones. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm trying to look at them. Like, it is, it is impressive. You need to zoom, zoom, zoom. It's like beautiful minds. Infographic. Like, I don't know how long they take you, but they have to take you a just, long time. I need to chart everything out. When you're going through Enneagram business and you oh, yeah. get like the timeline of the Enneagram, I was like, I need to print this out on a poster board to even see like the microscope. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, he's also graphed out for me. Uh, I, I was. Oh I was, yeah, your archetypes. I, I made a uh, a unconscious archetype graph, and uh, Stephen made a three D image of, of 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 what I was explaining to him, and it actually makes a lot of sense, and it looks really awesome. So he's your guy. All right, uh, this is this is fantastic. Some good meat to chew on. Hopefully, this helps us for their relationship with each other, relationship with Christ. We wrestle through the hard questions. And we'll see you guys next Monday further up. Further, further in. in. Anybody else wants to be on the email list?
You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.